Welcome. You're listening to the podcast of First Church in Woodland, California, Pastor Timothy Wisnett. We're so glad you could join us. And we pray that this message you're listening to today is a blessing to your day. And I want to invite you also to visit us online at firstchurch.app to get connected with us and learn about our service and upcoming events. And uh, we hope that we can connect with you and see you soon. Uh, to start with here tonight. And uh, so Exodus 27 and 20 says, And thou shalt command the children of Israel that they bring the pure oil olive beaten for the light to cause the lamp to burn always. Somebody say always. Amen. Would you put your Bibles down and help me pray and just ask God's blessing as we look into his word together tonight. Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for allowing us to be in your house and feel your presence, God. Thank you for all of these saints that are here tonight. I ask your blessing as we look into your word together. I ask that you would speak to us, speak to a, to a heart that's, that's yearning for you, that's desiring for you tonight. In Jesus' name, Lord, move in our midst. I pray that you would be with us in this place as we look into your word together. In Jesus' name, amen. Why don't we just worship him one more time together and just thank him if you're glad to be here in the house of the Lord. Oh, I thank you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. You can be seated at this time and uh, just want to speak to you tonight, a little bit teach, a little bit preach on this thought. And it's simply pure oil, pure oil. And um, I, I've, I've found something kind of fascinating lately um, in the, the time that I've been able to travel recently. Um, and one thing is, I just, I don't know if I'm getting older or what, but I just find so much beauty in where we live, so much beauty in even in other places I visit. And one thing I like to really see is just how different certain areas are uh, with the trees that are there, the nature that's there, the animals that live there. And uh, something recently that I found really interesting was when I went to uh, Israel, which you're going to hear me draw on that for just like the next year, praise God. And so I hope you're not sick of me yet. Amen. But uh, it was just such a great time. It was just uh, an incredible, uh, it was just incredible beauty that was there. And uh, one of the things I found very interesting was the olive trees that were there. There's olive trees all around Israel, and they're wild olive trees, and they are much larger than ours. We have, you know, olive trees that we grow in, you know, all around this area, but they're just short, small trees in perfect rows. But in Israel, they're just natural and they just cover the hills all around the city of Jerusalem and they're very beautiful uh, to see and it's just really awesome to to um, to see in person how these wild olive trees are everywhere and there's an especially a, just an amazing um, thing in the word of God a, a theme if you will of olive trees that we, we find in the Bible. Genesis chapter 8 tells us um, that there was a dove that Noah let go out of the ark in Genesis chapter 8. If you remember, he's on the flood, you know, 
world where there is no land at all. And he's in this big old boat, and the water started to recede, so he sent a bird out to see if it would find land. And lo and behold, what it came back with was the branch of an olive tree. Kind of interesting, right? You see this theme throughout the Word of God. Um, and really, if you, if you look at what it means, it's most commonly associated with peace. Peace. You know, extend an olive branch, right? It's kind of a common term even in our vernacular that it's, it's peace and it's hope. But olive's true power uh, comes from their oil, right? Yeah, it's the most common use of olives is their oil is just very unique and it's very special. And it, it comes from the process of crushing the olive that you get the oil from the olive, right? And this is very common in ancient history, of course, in the nation of Israel, that they would crush olives and they had olive oil. And this is a whole Mediterranean um, common practice in, in all of the nations that surround there that they pretty much discovered olive oil. And I love olive oil. I'd put it all over a steak or, you know, uh, a tri-tip or whatever kind of as my base before I put some seasoning on it, you know, and, and it's just an amazing taste. It's an amazing uh, substance that God's blessed us with. And uh, so I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about oil tonight a little bit, olive oil. And uh, olives, they are, they, they are only able to produce this substance if they are crushed, right? If they are crushed and they are broken. And that came from a process in the ancient times where they would do it many times, to get different types of oil out of it. They didn't want to waste anything, right? And so they would crush it, and then they'd crush it again, and then they'd crush it again. In fact, olives, especially in this area, they're very hard. And so the, the first way that they crush it, they have to actually get a giant stone and put them all inside of this, this big old bucket and put the stone on top of it, and they'd have like a donkey or even a person you know, kind of wheel this stone around. It's like a wheel-shaped, you know, rock. And they would actually break them first. And so this breaking would happen, and then with what is there, they would then do the process of crushing them even more. And the oil didn't even come from the rock. It didn't even come from the stone. It actually came from a different stone, they'd put them in like a basket that could compress, and they'd get a different stone, and they'd squish the basket all the way flat, and then oil comes from it. But the practice in this time with crushing olives was there, there's a difference between the first time you get oil from it and the last time you get oil out of it. The purest oil, first of all, is the very first crushing from that second stone, if that makes sense. The first time that they bleed out oil, they call that virgin oil. You know, when you go to the store, you not, now you know what you're talking about at the store, okay? I'm, I'm teaching you grocery shopping. You know, extra virgin is 
the very first crushing of the olive. It's the purest that it can produce. But when they crush it a second time, it's going to make a slightly weaker type of oil that comes from it. And then they'll do it again and they'll do it again. Typically, in ancient times in the nation of Israel, it is documented that they would do it three times. Everybody say three times. They would crush it once for the purest oil to come. And then they would crush it a second time and they'd crush it a third time. And the reason that they would do it like this is because they had a purpose for each type of crushing, okay? The first crushing of the olive was for the kingdom of God. It was for the house of God. They would give their very best and their first to the temple. There was lamps in the temple what I quoted or what I read in your hearing in the book of Exodus that were to burn continually. They were supposed to burn all the time. They would get that from the very best olive crushing. They'd get that from the very best oil. Okay, I'm going somewhere with this here tonight. All right, so, so stick with me. I know you're like, why am I learning about olives here tonight? Okay, I, I get it, but I'm, I'm going somewhere because I felt like God really just moved on me to, to teach on these things uh, tonight. And so the first was for, it was the purest, and it was for the house of God. And so, you know, we kind of live like this too, if we would be honest. When we're a child of God, there is sometimes pressure even on us. Amen? Do I have a witness in the house? We can relate to the olive in some way because there are things that we do that are difficult when we walk with God sometimes. He said that his burden is easy, his yoke is light, but there is a sacrifice to be made. In Luke 9 and 23, Jesus said this. He said, and he said to them all, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Praise God. If you're going to be a Christian, it takes living a life of repentance. Amen? I, I, I'm going to teach on these three types of oil tonight. These three types of pressing, as they would call it. The oil press here tonight. And the first type that I just felt God put on me is repentance. You know, something I want to say is, first of all, you choose to repent. Somebody doesn't make that decision for you. You have to decide for yourself if you will take up your cross and if you will do it every day. Amen? The Christian walk is just that. It's a walk with God. Amen? And that means that it's moving and it's happening all the time. We can't live on yesterday's blessings. We can't live on yesterday's cross. But he said, he who takes up his cross 
daily. It's got to be every day that we crucify our flesh. Uh, Paul wrote to the Galatians church in Galatians 5 and 24. He said, and they that are Christ's have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. If you are Christ, if you are a part of Christ, if you are in Christ, it's going to be because you've crucified your flesh and the affections and lusts. What is that talking about? That's talking about the things our flesh desires. We have to crucify our flesh. And that's a decision you make for yourself. Amen. I don't know about you, but I want to be Christ. Amen. And if it means self-pressing, I'm going to do just that. You do not need someone to press always for you. There are some things you must do yourself. Amen. You know, I, I'm very passionate about this, that young people, you need to walk with God all by yourself. You need a prayer life all by yourself. Because the world is going to appeal to your flesh. And as long as you have breath in your body, you will have flesh. Flesh is just that. It's our body. What are we without a body? You, you don't exist without a body. Amen? And so thus, you're going to, as long as you have breath, you're going to combat with your flesh. And you have to bring it under subjection. Amen? God will help you, but you have to make the effort yourself. Amen? He meets us with what we give. He meets us with how we sacrifice. Amen? When we serve God, that is when we are in Christ by crucifying the flesh. That's what the scripture says. Romans 8 and 13 says, for if we live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if ye through the spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. Romans chapter 8 is talking about what it means to be Holy Ghost filled. We use the word Holy Ghost filled. You see, Paul just calls it being led of the spirit. Amen. And he explains it in a very beautiful way in verse number 13 when he's just he's saying the only way you're going to have this Christian life is if you mortify the deeds of the flesh, you of the body. You have to get rid of those things. You got to empty the trash or the trash is going to stink. Amen. That's how we have real life. You know, people think they're living you know, oh man, I'm living, I'm feeling good all the time, I'm doing this, I'm doing that, you know, and it's all flesh. That's not really life. There's real life in the Spirit of God. Amen. I know you know this, and I know this is elementary here today, amen, but it is necessary that you repent. What did Paul say? He said, I press toward the mark. I do. 
Did he say God presses him? Is God pushing Paul to this incredible ministry and walk with God? No. It was that he did it. I'm pressing. I'm pressing. Somebody say, I'm pressing. Amen. We have got to press for ourselves. And it's a daily thing. It doesn't just happen on Thursday night, though you need to be here on Thursday night at prayer. But it happens in your daily life. Will you allow Jesus into your life more tomorrow than you did yesterday? Amen? Because there's oil that God wants to bring through you. Amen? There's something great God wants to do through you. Just like that olive. You have potential. But without any pressing, what's it good for? Maybe it's good in a salad. Maybe it's good on a pizza. I don't know. But not like it could be. It, it doesn't have that pure oil. Amen? And so now I want to move us into the second pressing. I hope this is okay. Are you guys with me here tonight? Do you still love me? Let me tell you about this second pressing. First pressing was for the house of God that they would press for. The second time they would press, it was for food. It was also for medicine, for healing, and, and, and other things of that sort, right? And so it was for food. It was to, to change something to have a different taste, right? It's to enhance it. And so the way I see that is that second pressing is kind of like that in us as well. When others press us. You see, you press yourself in repentance. But there's other times that God presses us, that he puts his hand on the stone and he crushes something out of us. Just ask Job. He lost everything he had, right? And yet he never cursed God foolishly, the Bible says. When he was talking with his supposed friends who were basically just telling him that, hey, you must have done something wrong and God hates you. Job said this in Job chapter number 23 when he responded to one of his friends. He said, in Job 23 and verse 8, he said, Behold, I go forward, but he is not there. And backward, but I cannot perceive him. On the left hand where he doth work, but I cannot behold him. He hideth himself on the right hand that I cannot see him. I'm so glad that in the word of God, we have an example of somebody who they couldn't find God. Has anybody ever been there before? You're just not able to find God. You ask, you say, Lord... Why aren't you here with me right now? That doesn't mean, his silence doesn't mean that he's left you or that his plans have dropped for you. Because what he says in verse 10 is so powerful. He says, and they have it on the screen already, but he knoweth the way that I take. When he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. You see, Job actually knew that Hey, although I can't hear God right now, although I don't see God right now, he sees me. Amen. And he knows the way I take. He knows where I'm at. Praise God. And because he knows where I'm at, 
He has a future in mind for me, and I shall come forth as gold. Could it be that God is pressing sometimes on you so that you can be even better? I don't know about you, but I don't have it all together. You know, like some of, some of you, you all look so good. I, I'm, I'm jealous of especially these kids, you know, they wear way better suits than I do. I'm like, man. They got all together, and they're five. Praise God. Not that we have any five-year-old boys here. It's really in Vacaville. I guess he's three. But he looks so sharp, Brother Jackson. He's got it all together. I'm being facetious, of course. But I don't have it all together. And God, he knows the way I take. He knows that if I allow them to go through this, they're going to come forth as gold. Amen. There's a pressing that happens on us sometimes that is outside of our control. We must repent ourselves, but God is going to refine us like gold in the fire. He's going to press us because he's saying, I could get a little more out of them. I can make them even better than they are right now. James taught it this way. He said, my brethren, what did he say? Count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. You know what that scripture tells me is we can end the process too soon. We could push God's hand away, and then we could be wanting a lot of things. But if we just let God work, we'll want nothing. We won't want anything. Amen? I don't know about you, but I, I, when I was a kid, or even just younger adult, I always wanted things, you know? And then I met that person that they didn't really want anything. And then I was jealous of that. Like, wow, they don't even really want anything because they got, it, they got it all, seemingly. God wants to give us it all. He said it himself. He said that ye may be perfect and entire. I want to be entire. That's interesting. That's not a way we phrase things, right? But the Bible's saying entire. That means like complete. I want to be a completed project. I don't want to be like that project that, you know, the husband starts around the house and then he never finishes it. Any, any women in the house? Got, do I have a witness in the house? Amen. Just a few more, just a few more days, you know, and I'll be done. Just a few more weeks and then weeks turn into months and then months into years. And then you sell the house, you know, so you just never even got to it anyways. Amen. <laughs> That's the only way out, gentlemen. <laughs> Am I preaching to somebody in the house? I'm fixing marriages in the house. Hallelujah. <laughs> Men, just sell the house if you don't want to fix it. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? It, you want it to be complete. And God, he puts us sometimes in trials to complete us. He presses us. He presses us. But he knows 
the way I take. Could it be that God is working in you? Is what I want to ask you who are in a trial right now. You who are in a fire right now. Could it be that God is working in you? Yes, it could be. In fact, I've come to just say tonight, yes, it absolutely is that God is working in you and through you. Amen. Because in Romans 8 and 28, what does it say? It says that all things work together for the good to them that love God and are the called according to his purpose. Hallelujah. Jeremiah 29, 11, he said, behold, I know the plans I have for you. I know the thoughts I think towards you. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. Amen. The children of Israel, they were not even living right. They were in the captivity of Babylon for 70 years. But Jeremiah was prophesying and saying, you've done wrong. But yet, even though you've done wrong, I have still a future that's peaceful. That's life for you. Praise God. He cares about his children. Don't just jump out during your trial halfway through. Amen. You take out a cake too early. What does it do? It tastes gross. Right? You know, you, you take out the thing out of the oven, whatever it is you're cooking. Too early. It's not done. It's not complete. It's gross. It's good for nothing. You just throw it out. But you got to let that, that fire be on it for a good while. And it's got to cook it all into the inside, right? The, those of you, do I have any men who are barbecue guys in here, you know? You don't do it long enough, then the, the middle is going to be pink. It's going to be raw in the middle, right? The outside got cooked if you did it too hot and, and quick. Outside's cooked good, but the inside's cold. You know what I'm saying? That's why you want to do low and slow, amen? Do I have a witness? Yes. But praise God for the process because it has a beautiful ending. Amen. His pressing. I'm talking about pressing. That's the second press. It's the press of trials so that we can be even more useful. Amen. They, they would use it in Israel for also for medicine, for healing. You know, I, I just want to speak something. I... I believe that some people think that, you know, or they say that uh, I want to have a testimony like sister so-and-so. Well, sister so-and-so, she went through some things. So are you saying you're willing to go through some things to have the testimony? Oh, no, I don't want that. What if God is calling you to that? Could it be that God is calling you to have a testimony, to make a witness to somebody that you could have never had had you not gone through that trial? You wouldn't have had the right attitude. Let me just bring it. Let me just bring it. That does, I, we talk real lofty sometimes. Let me just bring it to where we're at. What if right now you have the wrong attitude? And God's trying to work that out of you so that you have the right attitude. Amen? I want him to work on me. He's still working on me. Somebody say, he's still working on me. 
Amen. Praise God. Okay, we're going to move on from that. Whew, that went over great. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. Are you glad to be in church? Are you having a good time? So this is a good time for me to tell you that we're crushing uh, 12 times. I'm just kidding. We're crushing three times because that's what they normally would do. All right. The third time was for cleansing and it was for soap and it was for other lamps to light other lamps. Okay. So cleansing as in soap, I should say, because it's not so pure, it would be used in soap, okay, in this time. And so what the Lord shared with me is that this crushing is about, a, it's another crushing we do to ourselves, and it's about being used of God. It's about being used of God. You see, we have to pray the prayer for God to use us. We have to be willing for God to use us to help others, to light somebody else's lamp. Praise God. There's a pressing that has to happen, though. There's a sacrifice to be made. Amen. And I, you're asking me, well, do you have Bible for that, Brother Garza? Well, absolutely, I do. I'm glad you asked. I hope you, I hope you know that tonight, that I'm bringing out Scripture that speaks to these things. There could be other things on other people's lists. But this is what the Lord shared with me. And I believe that in the scripture, it speaks to this. That you have to want God to use you. And you have to ask God to use you. For yourself. It has to come from your own lips. And from your own heart. Acts chapter 4 and verse 29 says this. That... The church, they were being persecuted. Hey, there's some pressing happening there on them. It's kind of like the pressing in number two. But there's a third pressing that happens here. It says this, and now, Lord, this is what they said to, to the others in the church, and then this is what they prayed together. They said, and now, Lord, behold their threatenings. In other words, these people are threatening us for preaching the gospel. They're getting in trouble. They're getting thrown in jail. They're getting beaten. Okay? And they, they said this to the Lord. They said, Lord, behold their threatenings and grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word by stretching forth thine hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done by the name of thy holy child Jesus. And then verse 31 says this, and when they had prayed, somebody say they prayed. The place was shaken where they were assembled together. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and they spake the word of God with boldness. You can find this in chapter 5 of Acts as well, and in other portions of, of text, that the first church, they would constantly pray for boldness. They said, God, give me boldness. And in this prayer, they said... Uh, Allow our hands to heal. Allow our hands to, to have signs and wonders happen. Praise God. Amen. It, it, it happened because they were asking God for these things. They were pressing. Somebody say, I press. I press. 
Amen. You want to be bold in God? You want to be used of God? It's going to happen because you've asked. Somebody say, I asked. That's the only way that God is going to do it. He's not, he's not the type of God. He's just going to make you do something. And you just have no control over it. You know, I've heard people say, that. oh, I can't control it, brother. Well, you're wrong. You can control it. The Bible says that. That the spirit of a prophet is what? It's subject to the prophet. You have control over yourself. I hope you do, because if you don't, then you are possessed of a spirit. And the Holy Spirit does not do that. Amen? Holy Spirit will only work through us where we are willing to have faith. Amen? And where we are willing to allow him to work through us. That's why I've seen people who... They don't receive the Holy Ghost. Why don't they receive the Holy Ghost, that people ask me? It's because they had not surrendered to God. That could be one thing, or it just wasn't in God's timing yet. Amen? But the bottom line is we have to surrender to God. And that's a you thing. That's a you press. Somebody say, I press. Amen. Matthew 5 and 16 says this, says, let your light so shine before men. Somebody say, I got to let it. You got to let it happen. If you don't let it happen, then it won't happen. Praise God. It'll be bottled up. And you just never let that light out to somebody who needs it. We live in a world of darkness. They need the light of God. Amen. Praise the Lord. And so that's that third crushing. It's for cleansing. It's for other lamps. We've got to press. Brother Lucas, if you'll come and give us hope. Amen. You see, in the Bible, at the end of the Gospels, we have, of course, the account of when Jesus was crucified on the cross, he stopped somewhere before he went to the cross. And he stopped at a place called Gethsemane. Somebody say Gethsemane. Gethsemane is on what is called the Mount of Olives. It's a cross from the temple, a very shallow, short distance away. There's a little valley between where the temple is and where the Mount of Olives is. And they call it the Mount of Olives because the mountainside is completely covered in olive trees. And Gethsemane literally means press of oil. It literally means Gethsemane, the word, when you break it down for why they called that place that, and it it comes from Hebrew, press of oils. And Jesus walked through this Mount of Olives. He walked through these olive trees. And he was in an olive garden. Not the place with breadsticks. (laughs) He's in a grove of trees. There's no breadsticks there. It's okay to laugh. (laughs) Praise God. You got to have fun here. He's in an olive garden. Yeah, there's, there's, they didn't bring a single basket. Can you believe that? 
But he's there. And why did he go to Gethsemane? You remember, he was going to pray before the Lord. And he was going to ask God to help him to do what he needed to do. Jesus knew all along, he had already told his disciples that I've got to go to the cross, that I've got to go somewhere you cannot go, and then I will come to you again. He's already told them. He already knows what's ahead of him, but he couldn't handle it, and so he went to pray. The Bible tells us this. He said uh, in Matthew 26 and 39, it says, and he went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, Oh, my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. I find it interesting. What, what really jumped out of me in this scripture is that he went a little further. He went a little further in prayer. Praise God. He went a little further into these trees, these olive trees, and prayed this prayer, nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. And Mark, the account says this, he said to them, my soul is exceeding sorrowful unto death. Tarry ye here and watch. And he went forward a little and fell on the ground. He fell on the ground and he prayed that if it were possible, the hour might pass him. And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible unto thee. Take away this cup from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but what thou wilt. And he came out of prayer for a moment, the Bible says, and he cometh and findeth them sleeping and saith unto Peter, Simon, sleepest thou? Couldest that not thou watch one hour Watch ye and pray, lest ye enter into temptation. The spirit truly is ready, but the flesh is weak. Amen. So he went to prayer. He pressed. And then he left prayer and found his disciples sleeping on the job. But then he went again. It says, and when he returned, he found them asleep again. Never the wit, uh, neither wits they what to answer him. And he cometh the third time. Somebody say the third time. As we stand to our feet. And saith unto them, sleep on now and take your rest. It is enough. The hour is come. Behold, the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise up. Let us go. He that betrayeth me is at hand. And immediately while he spake cometh Judas, one of the twelve. And with him a great multitude of swords and staves from the chief priests and the scribes and elders. Praise God. Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane was the olive of our salvation. And he pressed three times. Just as they did, just as their custom was in that place they called the olive press. Jesus pressed multiple times to fulfill the will of God, the will that he was to fulfill. The Bible tells us in Luke 22 and 44, it says that, and being in agony, he prayed 
more earnestly, and his sweat was as it were great drops of blood falling down to the ground. He prayed so hard on that third time that he literally began to sweat blood because of the burden he was carrying in prayer as he pressed again. The Bible tells us in Isaiah 53 and 5, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. It could be said that he was absolutely crushed. He was bruised. He was broken like that olive was broken. And so should we be broken before God. If we say that we're a Christian and that we follow after Jesus Christ and that we deny ourselves and we take up our cross daily, then we need a three times pressing in our own walk with God. We need God to press on us. We need to allow him to press on us. And we need to repent before him and say, nevertheless, thy will be done. I take us back to that scripture we started with and we'll quickly close with a time of prayer here. In Exodus 27 and 20, the, the Bible tells us that God commanded the children of Israel. He said to, to Moses, he said, thou shalt command the children of Israel that they bring the pure oil olive beaten for the light to cause the lamp to burn always. There is a light in the kingdom of God that should never go out. And that light comes from the beaten olive, from the broken olive. We've got to be broken before God. If his light in his house, if the light in his kingdom is going to shine like it needs to shine, it's going to come because somebody has sacrificed for the kingdom of God. It's going to come because somebody had a Gethsemane moment in their own lives where they knelt before the Lord. They went a little further before the Lord and said, God, I'll be broken before you. God, you can use me, Lord, in your kingdom. God, you can allow oil to come out from me even if it hurts a little bit I'll serve you even if it hurts a little bit I'll trust your process and I trust your pressing hallelujah as odd as it sounds on a Tuesday night I wonder if there's anybody in the house of the Lord that is that desires that pressing that wants to be broken before God praise God I want to be like Jesus I want to partake in his sufferings, as Paul said. I want to be just like him, and that way his oil can flow from me. Oil that has healing properties. Oil that can reach others. Oil that can touch others. And oil that can light the lamps of the kingdom of God. Is there anybody in this house that wants to just be broken before the Lord? Hallelujah. I come just with that simple message tonight. It's that I want pure oil to fall and flow from me. Hallelujah. I want to be broken before God so that His light can shine. It doesn't matter what I could gain in this world. 
It doesn't matter what, what I might be to others, if I'm popular to others, if I have a name to others. But I just want to be pure before the Lord. And I know He's pressing on some of us in this house. Hallelujah. If anybody else feels that way and is ready to accept His pressing, would you just call on the name of Jesus right now? Would you just make yourself broken before the Lord? Would you repent before the Lord? Come on, He's looking for somebody where oil can flow. It's not an easy calling. But He wants to use you. He wants to change you. He wants wants to use you in ways you could never be used yourself. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let oil flow from me, God. Let me be a light in the house of the Lord. Hallelujah. Let me light the lamp. Thanks again for joining us for this podcast. It's such an honor that we could have you, and we pray you were blessed by the word today. We want to stay connected with you, and so give us a follow on our social media pages on Facebook or Instagram. You can find all of those on our website at firstchurch.app. You can also stay connected with us through that uh, website, and you can download it as an app on your phone from there. And so until the next time, we pray you're blessed. Have a great week in Jesus' name.